don't pinch me. I've got green underwear on, you little leprechaun. Beware of those stinky sprites and fairies mischief-making. This St. Patrick's Day podcast contains some not-so-saintly language. Keep that in mind as you are looking for your four-leaf clover and banishing snakes. I arise today through God's strength to pilot me, might to uphold me, wisdom to guide me, eye to look before me, ear to hear me, word to speak for me, hand to guide me, shield to protect me, host to save me. An excerpt from St. Patrick's Breastplate. Hey y'all, I'm Grace, and this is Mediocre Mystic, the podcast where we explore how mediocre makes the world go round and how mediocre works in mysterious ways. Now y'all know I love a holiday episode, sharing with you the highlights of history and connecting what we can cherry pick today that works for us continuing these celebrations. On today's episode, we're talking about my very favorite holiday, St. Patty's, and it ain't for the green beer as tasty as it might be. Thanks so much for tuning in with your forks and ears. When I do these holiday episodes, I often give a bit of history and connection. Today, I will give a brief bit of that but I'm going to actually focus on my own mystic journey around St. Patrick's Day, and I hope you'll share your own with me on any of my platforms. Whilst St. Patrick's Day is a Catholic recognition of the 3rd century saint's birthday, who was born in Roman-occupied Britain, brought to Ireland as a slave, converted in his old age, having escaped captivity, and returned a missionary to Ireland, it does have its roots in paganism. This is the time of the spring equinox, or Ostara, which is nature's celebration of balance with both the day and night, having equal length. Ironically, the snakes that St. Patrick drove out were the pagans, as Ireland transitioned from a pagan culture to a more Christian one. In America, it is also a cultural celebration of the Irish who settled here, and most here in the States celebrate it that way with pride of heritage, yes, but also, unfortunately, with some shitty stereotypical tropes. I'd like to offer you a middle way to celebrate, in the mediocre mystic fashion, with that balance between Ostara, the spring equinox celebrating new beginnings, St. Patrick celebrating liberation, and the strength, endurance, sheer fucking grit, spirituality, folklore, wisdom of the old ways in a new era, and deep culture of the Irish people. As soon as I stepped onto the ferry deck and beheld the green rolling hills and blue-green waters between Ireland and the Scottish Isles, my DNA shouted at me, I'm home! Tears of joy streamed down my cheek. I'm reminded of them as I record this in the Blue Ridge Mountains of North Carolina. I was accompanied by my dearest oldest friend, and as any good Irish lass, I did indeed have a shite ton of fun reveling in shenanigans. Of Temple Bar, music, museums, food, the art coast in Cork, and just the landscape itself. We were young, traveling with a backpack, one change of clothing, a borrowed camera, and eating every other day to afford this dream trip. We got our Walmart boots wet hiking in the bog and used a hand dryer on the ferry to get them just damp, not wet. And we wore grocery bags over our socks to avoid getting our feet wet in them. This is the stuff good stories are made of, and I have so many from that trip. 
I also had several amazing mystic moments along the way, and I'd like to share one of them with you now. We had several plots along our journey off the coasts of Ireland and the Scottish Isles. Along our first, we dropped our bags in the hostel and decided to walk up along the road that bordered the coastline. It was an incredibly beautiful day. We ate blackberries off the shrubs. So many our fingers were stained, and we even pet sheep with their signature fluorescent spray-painted circle to denote what farm they belonged to. We came up on an ancient castle that was private property. Fun fact, I've looked it up, and since it's become a public attraction, you can purchase a ticket for I am so grateful we got to behold this beauty and have it all to ourselves, though there may have been, shall we say, some respectful trespassing involved. Hence why I'll just keep the detail of the island's name and the castle to myself. We climbed up what I've learned from a true rock climber is the hardest kind of rock to climb as it's very slippery. Like in my first episode where I told the story of my wife and I in a perilous hike, Somehow, or mystically, we didn't die. I see a pattern here. So hey, forge ahead and climb that fence. I mean, it could be there for many reasons other than keep out private property. Oops, didn't see that sign until it was too late. As we approached what was the main entrance, walking on the most lush green grass I'd ever seen or felt beneath my feet, we saw there was also a tower of what was surely a larger structure in ancient times. We explored the outside, and then my friend stepped in. She went into the second level, and I took a photo of her looking out of a barred, arched window onto the sea. I then stepped in the castle myself. As she continued exploring on the upper level, I explored this lower level. I looked up and saw the chimney-like structure that was wide open to the blue-gray sky above. I decided I wanted to lay down on the ground and take a photo straight up from that vantage point, and I did just that. As I laid there after the photo, I had a transporting experience. All of a sudden, I heard a whoosh. The light changed. It was clearly evening. I saw fire sconces on the walls. The whoosh was the sound of those sconces lighting. I sat up. I saw a long table filled with all manner of food. Fish and fowl, proper pies, fruit, bread, pitchers of water and wine, I stood up and walked around the table at a distance. I saw people in beautiful clothing. I heard music and laughter. Then as suddenly as it appeared, it disappeared. I shook it off in the moment. I wasn't sure what to make of it. I went up to the second level and explored. I got my own picture taken, and I never really told my friend of that day. In fact, today she will hear this full story along with you. As we left, I looked back and I felt so connected, but at the time, I was still deeply evangelical. I simply didn't put any stock in an experience like that, and I would tell myself it was just my active imagination, a daydream. And you may be thinking, yep, Grace, definitely that. But I tell you, for me, it was not that. I was there. In recent years, I've had time to give this experience the weight that it deserves. I've learned about astral planes. Put simply, it's a meditative, out-of-body experience. This is something that has become more common for me the older I get, and the more open to all kinds of spiritual and human experiences we can't quite explain. It's true that mysticism may simply be science we don't understand yet. And then, for some of us, 
it might be a vision from God. I'm quite comfortable living in that mediocre mystic ground, because either way, it's majestic, this experience and the ones I've had since. May Day is around the corner. Last year, I experienced a journey I'll share with you on that show in May. What is important, and the mention of it now, is that I used this castle as a grounding zone. The memory of it has never left me. It has remained a place I go to in my mind and spirit when I need grounding and reassurance of my own truth. Indeed, the 16-year-old memory has not only not faded over time, but it has gotten stronger. This is the kind of experience the ancient Celts would call a thin space, and indeed many Christian traditions have adopted this concept. The saying goes, heaven and earth are only three feet apart, but in the thin spaces, that distance is even closer. Rather, your heaven is an experience where you become more the sum of your parts in your earthly life or experience something that feels downright supernatural. The thin space is that place universally unique to each of us, a concept that we can all connect with, but that expresses itself in a distinctive way in our individual lives. And that is mediocre mystic. Cherry-picking those distinctive ways of a mystical concept that work for each of us. Some may change in differing seasons of life, and some may remain always. For me, this day at the castle remains as a stalwart in my travels inward and guides on my daily life travels outward in the world. The universe shared something very mystic and sacred with me that day and continues to from time to time. I want to express my humble gratitude and honor this by sharing it with you on this St. Patrick's Day. Slasha y Sancha. Health and wealth, my friends, in your spirits and soul, mind and body. Cheers to green beers. Thanks to 86 Aerostar for my groovy mood music and Bizry Creative Group for my mesmerizing logo. If you want to read my cards or better yet, tell me your story, please email me at mediocremysticpod at gmail.com. Or you can check out my blog and interpret my dreams, read transcripts of the show, and leave a comment on mediocremysticpod.blogspot.com. On social media, you can crystal ball me on Facebook and YouTube by searching Mediocre Mystic Podcast. On Instagram, you can vision me at Mediocre Mystic. On Twitter, you can scroll my prophecies at Mystic Mediocre. On TikTok, you can move through time with me at Mediocre Mystic Pod. If you're feeling like you need to do a good deed or make an offering today, go on over, subscribe and follow, rate and review Mediocre Mystic on Apple, Spotify, or any of the platforms you listen. Many thanks in advance. And until next time, remember to look for the mysterious in your mundane.